You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like AIS. We're on it. The business world is more competitive than ever, and running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast as we continue our On the Road series. I also have Kat Deal joining us remotely today. Kat, how are you? I'm good. How are you today, Travis? Doing very well. And today we are over at the Mediation Services of North Central Massachusetts, Inc., located at 435 Lancaster Street, Suite 224 here in Lemonster. A beautiful, beautiful historic building and former uh, mill, I believe, uh, transformed into different offices. And so joining us to talk to us about Mediation Services, we have Kathy Hughes. She is the Youth Coordinator uh, joining us today. Kathy, how are you? I'm fine today. Thank you for uh, allowing me to speak with you. Absolutely. So Kathy, tell us what exactly is Mediation Services of North Central Massachusetts, Inc.? What do you do here in the region? Okay. We have a number of things that we do. I think the first and foremost probably of our program is that we are um, we are a mediation service to start with. We do um, conflict resolution. We are in the courts, so we're in the local courts in um, Fitchburg, Lemonster, and Gardner. And we provide, um, we're with the small claims, and we provide an alternative to courts on the day. So if someone goes in and they have a dispute that can be resolved through mediation, it gives you an opportunity to do that. Oftentimes the judges will ask the, um, the participants to try mediation first. And then if that works, then everyone can go home with their agreement. If it doesn't work, then they can go back into the court. So how does that process work? You know, someone is, is thinking that they're going to go to court. They hear that there's this mediation option, um, but they might not be sure of what it entails. Uh, how does the process work? Can you kind of talk us through that scenario? Okay. Probably first is a good idea is to explain what mediation actually is. And mediation yeah. is different than perhaps arbitration and some of the other alternative dispute um, resolution options. Mediation is um, an opportunity for two parties to come together to have a discussion that's facilitated by a mediator who is neutral and is not there to provide advice or judgment and is really there to help the conversation get going to kind of determine whose interests um, whose interests are there, what each of the party has as, as an interest, and to help the other parties come to a come to a resolution that they both would agree on. Um, what why this is such a powerful tool is that it's a confidential process. It's also um, self determined by the two parties that are in the room. And it's um, voluntary, so at any time, if the, either party wants to stop, they can stop. If the mediator doesn't want to be involved, they can also stop. So those things really add up to an opportunity to have a conversation about the, what, the, what it is that they have a conflict about. And we are in the small claims court because oftentimes you don't have that ability to actually have that conversation with a facilitator. So we offer that first. Um, we can offer that first before they actually have to go before the judge. Sometimes the judge 
suggest strongly that they do a, a mediation. But if there's not an agreement that comes um, that that is worked out during the mediation process, they still have that opportunity to go before the courts. And of course, this does depend on the willingness of all parties involved. But for folks that are, find themselves in this sort of situation, do you find that it is more beneficial to at least try the mediation services? I think it gives both parties an opportunity to talk and to be listened to because sometimes they're, they've not had that opportunity to be heard. And in the mediation room, everyone is on an equal power setting. So that is something that can be very important that, you know, everybody always thinks they're right, but because you have an opportunity to hear both sides to the story, sometimes you haven't been aware of certain things. And that's an opportunity that can come up and through the conversations and through the mediator will be asking questions to try to bring those issues up. Kathy, I'm curious. It's, it seems like the service is something that would be beneficial to everyone. So who are those services available to? You're saying that you're in the small claims court. So are you dealing with small businesses, families, um, logistics? You know, where where do you come in? Um, well, all of those things, that anything that comes before the small claims courts may have an opportunity for mediation. Um, we don't usually deal with the lawyers, but sometimes the lawyers are in the room with them. It depends. So this is, this is an alternative to going into the courts with your lawyers to be judged. Um, you can contact us. We are available to deal with um, any kind of mediation other than divorce. We don't do divorce, but we do do family situations. We also do neighbor neighborhood disputes. We um, we do some, you know if there's a workplace me um, a workplace conflict, we do workplace conflicts. Um, so there, there's a wide variety of mediations that we're equipped to do. So people can use your services without going to the courts. Yes. And um, we do have a small fee attached to somebody. It's usually income-based. So that, that should not be a barrier to mediation. And we are certainly much, much more economical than going to the lawyers. That's interesting that you have a sliding scale for your pay and, and that it really does make it much more available to everyone um, who could possibly benefit from these services. And how did you guys begin to offer these services? Was there a catalyst that you said it really needed to have something available in our region? Um, this organization has been here for many, many years, um, and I think they've been in the courts for a number of years and some of the youth programs. I mean, we are a small nonprofit. Um, you know, we're, we have a small staff, so I think we branch out to as many as we can cope with at the moment. But um, we do want to want to widen our um, widen the number of people that are using our services, because I think, as you mentioned, this is a really wonderful alternative to, you know, not first of all, not addressing your conflict, but secondly, having a bit more peaceful in your life if you can work through your conflicts. Now, Kathy, Bob, before the podcast started, you were telling me a little bit about your background, how you started off actually in banking, then went into the nonprofit sector, and then you ended up here at uh, Mediation Services. So I got to ask, what drew you to this type of work? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I did start my mediation career as a volunteer, which most of the mediators do, that we start off as volunteers usually. And I started off in, um, in England. I was doing neighborhood disputes. Um, I think it was a way of, I thought it was a really interesting, I'm curious by nature, so I'm always curious what's behind the story a little bit. I'm not a journalist, but um, I'm curious about what was behind the story. I'd also, you know, thought, oh, there's so often there's just a misunderstanding. And, you know, having seen that in my life, in my work life, as well as other things, it was just an opportunity to do, to give back to my my local environment at that time in my local community. So I started off as a, a, peer, as a mediator in, um, in England when I was living in England. And and um, during COVID, I was re-looking at what I was going to do. We, we moved back to the North Central Mass area, and this opportunity came up. And because I had been trained, I was um, 
it was I was probably a little bit more um, I was in a better position than some others. So I was offered this job about two years ago, and I have a youth focus. So most of my focus is youth. So can you tell us a little bit about how your background in banking and, and the nonprofit sector have kind of prepared you for this role? <laughs> um, well, I guess it's, you know, in some ways it's a research mode. And um, when you're looking at, when you're asking the questions that you're asking, um, you really are having to use some of your analytical skills a little bit to delve in a little bit deeper. Um, probably banking probably didn't prepare me as well as some of my nonprofit roles, dude. Um, I was working with um, low-income women um, in a personal finance uh, nonprofit for a while, and I also did consumer advocacy. So those are probably a little bit more of a positional um, um, asset to working in mediation. But I think probably the biggest asset was really having done it, having gone into the training, having really taken a good hard look at myself as well and trying to practice some of those mediation skills in my everyday life. I don't always succeed at doing that, but um, I sometimes think, okay, take a step back. <laughs> Let's look at what everyone's interests are here. Let's see if we can kind of start figuring out what's important to each person and start figuring out a plan and how to address that. Um, so we do, you know, that's very interesting. And one of the things about mediation is it's it's a practice. So similar to other practices, you're always learning and you're always developing new skills. And in fact, one of the new ones that we have done in the last couple of years is where I've, we've learned, um, we've been developing our conflict coaching skills within the organization, as well as um, re-entry mediation skills, which is really interesting because it has, um, if we can, if we can get um, some incarcerated people to get involved in mediation even before they leave the prisons, there's a less like there's much less likely to be recidivism within the um, with them going back. So that's quite a positive oh, wow. angle, and it's something that we're trying to do more and more of. So a couple of us um, on the staff have been trained in reentry mediation as well. And what's the feedback been like for those individuals to kind of get that second chance and kind of get that leg up as they make their way back into the general population? Well, I think the I think the big asset for them is that they are now having an opportunity to talk with the person that they might live with when they come back out or that they have had a broken relationship with because they've been in and get that support from that person. But also by having that reentry mediation, they have an opportunity to really dissect what the problems and the issues that both of them have, not just them, the other party has as well. And it gives them the opportunity to start talking about that, start looking at a plan to how they're going to deal with that. And it really helps with managing those expectations when you get out and also addressing those, maybe those issues that brought you into that way of life that got you put into prison to begin with. You know, having that conversation and giving someone the space to have that conversation and having a third party there to moderate who is not involved. What an amazing, you know, offering for someone who is on reentry and something that what a great skill to offer someone who, you know, and, and everyone could really use those skills of, as has been said already a couple times. And, but it really, it, it brings up to me the fact that you have an important set of programs that you're offering next week. You have conflict resolution week, October 17th to the 21st. And, you know, one of the sessions I was walk and talk Wednesday, which I really, I read through all the events. I thought, what an amazing set of events you have. Um, and I really wanted to give you some space to talk about that because, you have something every day that you're offering and truly from everyone in, you know, anyone 
could find something for themselves here. Well, we liked, we're hoping, we're trying to address that. Um, our first, I think our first one is um, preparing for that difficult conversation. So we're having, um, a, it's, a, it's a virtual um, opportunity to have a discussion. We start pointing out some of the things that you need to be thinking about and questions to ask before you start joining those, um, before you start having and prepare for that difficult conversation. Sometimes we just all head into it and think, okay, I want to have that conversation, but you never really thought about what is it that from their perspective. We want to look at two perspectives here. We want to think about, um, we want to use our active listening skills. And that's another session that we have. And it's just like, sometimes we think we're listening, but too often we're listening to respond and not listening to understand valuing silence sometimes while you take on board what has just been said to you, getting people to put their phones down and actually be very present <laughs> with the conversation. So just some of those, that some of these tips are really obvious to most of us, but sometimes you got to hear them a few times before you think, okay, am I actually doing that? So it's an opportunity for us to um, talk to those who might be interested and have them, you know, tell us some of their challenges and see if we have some tips that might be able to help them with that. Um, the walk and talk Wednesday, you know, we all love a nice, lovely walk in the fall. And, you know, whether you're bringing your dog or your, but, you know, bringing that best friend, that relative, that person that you haven't really had that opportunity to talk with. It's just an idea to get out there, take some big, um, deep breaths, be more mindful of where you are, be present in the conversation. So that was something fun, we thought. We're also doing um, a peer mediation info session so that we're trying to do some peer mediations in some of the local schools. It gives the parents, staff, and even the students an opportunity to learn more about what peer mediation is and what kind of an impact it will have on the, their school community. So we want parents to be involved and encourage those kids to do that, and we can answer any questions they, have, might, they might have on that program. And I understand uh, when it comes to peer mediation, you've actually been in a number of area schools. How does that work uh, with the peer mediation, with getting these students and, and teachers and staff involved? It works in interesting. Each school will do it slightly differently. Um, we don't get involved with the recruiting of the students. Um, we can make some suggestions on what they might be looking for in terms of students. We, as much as we love to get those top academic students, we don't want everyone to be one of those top academic students. We want kids from all over the place. We want, you know, if, they, if we want the, the little naughty boy in the corner, we want the, the girl who talks too much, we want the person on the sports team, we want the person who's in the band, you know, whatever. We want them all to come together. So what we look to do is get a group of, depends on the numbers, 12 to 20 kids, um, where our program sort of, we cap it at 20 usually. Um, we have 20 kids come in. They'll come in for either three days or six half days. Uh, we do um, we, we introduce them to mediation. We do a lot of activity-based programming, and we do a lot of role plays. So we will actually give them the tools that they need, and we introduce them individually, and then we'll start with the role plays pretty early on, and they will start to learn how to listen and hear what people are saying and be able to ask those helpful questions that will start to work to get that conflict dissected a bit more and then to start thinking about what kind of agreement can they come into so that they can move on from that conflict. And the big thing about mediation is, you know, let's hear a little bit about what's happened in the past, then let's bring it to the present and we really want to focus on what's going to go on in the future. And what's been the feedback from students who have participated in programs like this throughout your school systems? <laughs> Uh, the feedback ranges dramatically, and the word dr drama comes in a lot. <laughs> that, well, all the drama, <laughs> specifically from a lot of the young men. Oh, my gosh, the drama. But um, I think they feel like they have an opportunity to actually work a problem out with somebody who isn't looking at them saying, this is what you have to do. 
because we're bringing it right to the students themselves. They know what's going on, but they're not necessarily in that friend group. And, and we would encourage them not to be in that friend group. Um, they get an opportunity to, they're not, they don't judge, they just listen, and they try to get them to think about what their alternatives are. And in some cases, you know, the alternative is suspension. So they don't want to see them leaving the school. We try to keep the kids in school. So this gives them an, an alternative um, vehicle for resolving a conflict that might not have an impact on a record down the road. So the kids are giving us all sorts of feedback. You know, that was really helpful. I didn't know I could do that. I'm, they were talking so much, I had a hard time getting through, but then they talked it out. So I guess it worked, you know, it could be a lot of different things. And what great skills for them to move forward with um, and to take into life. Mediation comes up all the time in all different aspects of your life, which is so great that you're offering peer skills next week as well um, and a chance for pumpkin carving. But I love the idea that you're starting with um, young people and giving them what, you know, is lifelong skills ahead of them. The, um, the, certainly these are great skills that whether you're putting it on a college application or an employment application, having these active listening skills, these facilitating skills, they're brilliant. And they're something that, you know, frankly, as much, if my children had this as an offering, I'd be pushing them right. Absolutely must do this. So I think it is something that is a, it's a valuable social and emotional life skill that they're developing through peer mediation. And the kids who have been involved in the program have really enjoyed it. We, we sometimes have the opportunity to go back and work with them again. Um, we were in Fitchburg High last year, and the kids put together, and they created a role play. They directed a role play. We, we videoed it. And so they now have something that they can show their school what this is all about. And that was a really exciting and time to, exciting thing to do. And the kids were really interested and very um, dramatic in their role play, which was fun. It gave them a chance to practice their acting skills. But they, um, they felt like a real sense of accomplishment. Right now we are chatting with Kathy Hughes. She is the Youth Coordinator for Mediation Services of North Central Massachusetts, Inc. Everywhere at 435 Lancaster Street, Suite 224 here in Lemonster. We are going to take a quick break. We come back. We'll continue this conversation here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast as we continue our On the Road series. Travis here from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber, also joined by Kat Deal, and we are chatting with Kathy Hughes, the Youth Coordinator of Mediation Services of North Central Massachusetts, Inc. Now, we left off, you were talking about the peer mediation programs uh, that you've done in local schools. After um, your, the training ends and these students kind of go off on their own and start doing this, does the program continue year after year or is it kind of like it, it's done once you're done? It's a good question. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it is just done, and the school takes on that program, and they will coordinate the mediations within schools. Sometimes we can offer that service as well. That we will stay with them with the school. Some we'll come back for um, 
what I like to call review and reflection sessions because the kids sometimes need an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, this happened. Did I handle that right? Or did what should I have done differently? And with all the other kids and all the other peer mediators there, we have an opportunity for them to, um, to actually help answer those questions. It's not usually me that's giving them the answer. It's usually the other peer mediators that are doing it. So we've tried to encourage that kind of um, gathering. It's usually very helpful. Um, we often will go in a school one year, do a three-day training, maybe go back for a couple sessions for review and reflection sessions um, throughout the rest of the year. Um, we also are looking for them to track this a little bit so we can continue getting our funding for this program. Um, and then um, the following year, we may just go back for a one-day booster program or a refresher course just to get everybody back in mind, keeping in mind the pillars of what mediation is, that voluntariness, being neutral, um, making sure it's confidential, not sharing it with anyone outside of, the, outside of the room. So those types of things, just as reminders. And for the educators, what's it like for them to have this tool belt at their disposal uh, with, with these children, with these students that are going through, through some kind of heavy times? I think it gives them another um, another resource that they didn't necessarily have before because the kids, you know, can help them each other solve the problem and it actually opens up the community to be a lot more supportive. So I think that the teachers see this as another resource, another alternative, and another um, another more positive approach to perhaps what might might have been discipline. Kathy, I'm guessing with such an impactful program um, and students going through it multiple times and having touch points with them throughout, you know, their high school career, that you have some of them that have maintained um, relationships with you guys and have continued on with service. I'm wondering if you could tell our audience that's listening, how are there ways to get involved with the mediation services? Are there volunteer opportunities? Absolutely. And, um, our, you know, our goal is we're restarting, I guess COVID has put a little bit of a, a, a pause on some of our programming with the youth. So we're, we're going back in stronger this year, which is great. We were there in some of the schools last year. So we are trying to keep in touch with some of those peer mediators. And as they go into college, offer them or, or employment, offer them another opportunity to do it within, the, within our organization. We do have volunteers and we are always looking for peer mediator volunteer. I'm sorry, not peer mediator volunteers but regular volunteers. And our goal really is to get some of those peer mediators to, to move into being regular mediators. Um, we haven't seen so much of that yet, but we are developing what we're hoping to call a youth ambassador program. And we're probably going to be working on that at this summer. And the goal of that program is to take these youth, um, these peer mediators and, and give them more of that, what all mediation is all about. And also some of the other conflict resolution strategies and um, resources that we have, such as listening circles and conflict coaching strategies and, and bringing those things that they can then bring back to their schools and into their wider community and into their next steps, whether that's employment or into college. And the goal will be to eventually get those people into our um, mediation program as volunteers. We do offer a basic mediation program, which is going on right now. We usually offer that twice a year. Um, there is a cost to that, unless you can get your, you know, your man, your employer to sponsor it or something. But um, and that is um, that program is training training people to be mediators, and we usually do it so that they can work in the court system. That's remarkable. And as you're speaking, the, the skills that you're talking about and the skills that you've brought up in some of these programs, I just think of how transferable they are to the workplace. And as you mentioned, to your everyday life, this is a practice that we should all be working on, uh, mediation. When it comes to COVID-19, you talked about the impact on the programming, but do you find that it's had an impact on some of the disputes and, and things that you've 
been able to settle with the way that people are kind of addressing and dealing with one another nowadays? I think what we found with um, with COVID-19 is that in the schools, the, the teaching staff was frustrated. The students were frustrated. We weren't in, we did a couple remote programs, which unfortunately the, because so much of this is in person, didn't actually take off, but the skills were implanted in those programs. Um, but coming last year, for, for example, um, a lot of the schools were saying, oh my gosh, you know, there's much more dispute going on. The kids are not talking to each other like they used to. The, um, the kindness and politeness has walked away, and we're trying to bring some of that back in. So um, we've been called in and actually got called in to really help with that, to get that program up and running so that the students could do the peer mediations within the schools. And a lot of the schools that were, a couple of the schools we were in, actually saw a really good impact with peer mediation, um, you know, doing 20 or something in the first month. So it was really very positive to have that as another alternative um, to deal with some of the disputes in the school. That's actually such a great service to be able to be offering for the region. And I'm sure that um, the services were very welcomed. And even post-COVID, I'm sure you're still seeing similar situations arise, but that you're able to handle them differently. Have you seen that more of the services you're offering have been taken advantage of in the region since COVID and since you've gone back to in-person? And have you seen, um, you know, those situations escalating in terms of numbers? Um, we have, we do, and we don't. So we have a little bit of both, actually. Um, one of the things that we've noticed, unfortunately for us, is that there's been a lot of turnover in the um, administration of a lot of the schools that we're dealing with, which means that we're really starting our whole introductory program all over again. It takes about a year, really, for us to get our nestled into into um, into the administration that they start thinking about us as another resource. So unfortunately, with so much turnover at, on the administration level, it has taken a while for us to get back in there. So we're, we constantly are finding that, that to be a challenge. Um, and also budgeting, you know, we is another problem that happens within the school. They're really having, you know, they're always being pulled in so many different directions. So those are some of the challenges that we find. The more that we don't have to, you know, charge for our program, the more opportunities we have to go in. So they can't use that as an excuse for us to go in. Um, and it's also the other challenge that we run into is really timing. You know, the school day is very busy and we have to pull kids out of school to be able to do, out of their classes to be able to do the program. So you do need those kids that can make up for the classes that they're missing. So that provides another challenge. But we're really excited to be going. We're going to start a program in Lemonster High in the next month. So we're very excited to do that. We're working with Sizer um, in Sizer Charter School in Fitchburg again. And we are reaching out to a number of other schools in the area, that some of which we've been in before. And we're going to go back for a refresher. Others which were, you know, offering the opportunity to come in. So if there is some high schools out there or middle schools in particular that are looking for peer mediation programs, please feel free to contact us here at Mediation Services. We're really happy to talk with you about it. Now, outside of these schools, have you found that COVID-19 has changed some of the disputes that you've been asked to uh, to mediate, whether it's, you know, personal situations, folks moving, people moving back in with family, those sorts of matters? Um, I haven't been as much involved with that. Um, I think we haven't been as involved with that as we would as we can be. Um, and I think certainly the courts have also been a little bit slower because they weren't in person. Um, so there's been a lot of changes to us. We actually had to bring our whole our whole service online. Um, which initially offered some challenges, but we we did get there in the end, and um, we are doing more. We also offer um, an opportunity to to 
help to um, avoid evictions. So that's been another area that we've been um, we've been working with. And as much as we hear so much about that with people who are not we're not especially during COVID, we're not able to um, to meet their rent. That was something that we wanted to make sure that we could help with. And we have a specific person in our office, Tina, who has been dealing and coordinating that eff- that effort. And so for those that are joining us right now, if they want to learn more about the different services you offer, including that, including the peer mediation, some of the other mediation opportunities that we talked about in the beginning, or if they want to find out more about your uh, conflict resolution week, which is going to be running October 17th through the 21st, where can they go for more information? Okay, we have a website and our website is mediationncm.org. So please, um, please visit our website and that NCM stands for North Central Massachusetts. <laughs> so mediationncm.org. We're chatting with Kathy Hughes. She is the Youth Coordinator of Mediation Services of North Central Massachusetts, Inc. This has been another episode of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast on the road today over at 435 Lancaster Street, Suite 224 in Leominster. On behalf of myself, Travis Condon, the Chamber of Commerce, and also Kat Deal, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.